Well, we are actually wrapping up a series this morning called Encounters. And what we've been talking about over the last few weeks is this idea that people are going through life and then they have an encounter with Jesus. These were stories of Jesus that changed everything. And in some of those stories, it, it was about healing. Someone who had, had an ailment or something that was bothering them and Jesus healed them. And some, it was about provision. We talked about the feeding of the 5,000, which we'll reference just a little bit this morning. And some, it was about discipline. And Jesus goes into the temple and he overturns the tables. And we talked about him overturning and disrupting different areas in our life. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about an encounter that two people had uh, after Jesus was raised from the dead. I don't know if any of you have seen the progressive commercials where uh, don't be like your parents. I don't know. You ever seen those? Okay. So, so if you haven't seen them, basically the premise is this. When you buy a house, you immediately become like your parents, right? Okay. And so there's all these jokes. Here's the thing about those commercials, okay? I'm every single one of those people. <laughs> like, I don't even find them funny. I'm like, uh-huh. Right? Like, and so my favorite one is they take a bunch of people who had just bought homes and they take them to a football game. And, you know, okay, you already know the commercial, right? If not, look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. And so they show up at the, at the, uh, at the, fee, at the uh, arena and uh, the parking lot's empty and they're parked way at the end. And I'm like, uh-huh, because that's what I would do. And then the guy starts talking about parking, and the Dr. Rick, who's supposed to help them all through it, he says, uh, let's not talk about parking right now. And do you know what's funny? Because we've re we repaved our parking lot here at church. It, it took us like 10 years to get it done. Uh, every time I go into a newly paved parking lot, I figure out the square footage and how much it costs. Okay, so I'm exactly like them. And so uh, the guy says at the end, he goes, um, he says, it's a good thing we're parking by the exit because when it's over, and he goes, like that, right? Like we can just leave. Well, I went to a John Mayer concert a couple weeks ago with my wife. I paid for premium parking, and then when he ended with Gravity, which is my favorite John Mayer song, I didn't wait around for the encore. He went backstage, but I'm like, hey, let's get out of here, just like the progressive guy. <laughs> I left too early. Right? There's three more songs, but I, I wanted to get out of there. One time, in talking about leaving early, uh, it was a Dodger game. Before I was a pastor, I was in business, so I'd get all this free stuff that business people get. Uh, it's nice to be privileged. But anyway, uh, so I got tickets to a Dodger game, and it was back when Fernando Valenzuela was the pitcher. You guys remember that? Okay, good. So here's what happened. You won't be so happy when I finish the story. So we go, Lisa and I go, again, everything's paid for. So parking, food, all that. Well, I'm watching the Dodger game. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big baseball fan. I can't help. I'm sorry. I, I don't have anything against it much, but I, I'm just not that into it. So we're watching, and it's one to zero that the Dodgers are winning. And everyone's still there. It's like the ninth inning. And I'm like, this was so boring. It's one run, you know, because I don't know. I'm, I'm a noob when it comes to, to baseball. So I think more runs is better. Silly. But I, so I'm there, and everyone's still there. And I'm like, babe, it's the ninth inning. Let's get out of here while everybody's here. And then we just get to our car and, whoosh, right? Okay, because I'm the progressive guy, okay? 
So we're going to our car, and people are cheering. And I'm like, okay, it's one nothing, not a big deal, okay? And it was just like cheering, and then cheering and cheering. It gets louder and louder and louder, and I'm thinking, well, the Dodgers are on defense right now. What could be so great? You know, it's not like they were hitting home runs or anything. So I turn on the news back then. Again, sorry, I'm aging myself. We had like News 98 or something like that. And anyway, um, I turn it on. Like, what's going on? Like, did, did the stadium catch on fire or something? And it said, uh, Fernando Valenzuela just pitched a no-hitter. And I missed it because I left early, okay? Now, hold on to that story and me, and then uh, we'll get to it after we look at some scripture real quick. I'm going to come back to it. But here's what happened. Jesus uh, had gone through his ministry. He had died. We talked about that on Friday night. We had a good Friday service. He died. He was buried, and then he rose again. And we're going to be in the book of Luke. And essentially, Luke was a doctor who wanted to really research what happened with Jesus. And so if you read Luke on the very first verse, it says uh, that he has made careful inquiry about what had gone on. And so that's why some of what Luke writes down is not in the other Gospels, not because they conflict with one another, but because this is what Luke had found. And this particular story is only in Luke. And so it starts out that the women come, they see the tomb is empty, they go talk to the disciples, and it says in the Bible, and this is exactly what it says in the Bible, that uh, the women came and basically to the men, it seemed like nonsense. Nowadays, we wouldn't write that in the Bible. We'd go, hey, Luke, actually, let's not talk about that, okay? But Luke wrote it, and so that's where we end, right there. They're just like, Jesus is raised from the dead, People don't understand what's going on, and that's where we find them. It says this, Now, that same day, the same day that the women came to the tomb, the third day, two of them were going out, uh, going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're taking about a two and a half hour walk, essentially the way the roads were back then, by two hours. They were talking to each other, about everything that had happened. So you can really relate to these two people. This probably happens to you all the time. Tomorrow you're going to go to work, and there'll probably be something that happens around the water cooler, in your cubicle, or in the warehouse, or wherever you work, about something that was going on. So a real um, simple example would be, um, I don't know if you guys saw this. You you probably didn't, but um, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. I don't know. It was in the news. Anyway, everybody, I don't care who you are, has an opinion on that. You, you have an opinion, right? And you're going to think to yourself, oh, man, I, he shouldn't have hit him. Or if he had said that to my wife who had a disease, you know, you just, you just pick, pick your side and pick whatever. This is the Greek word in the Bible. It's talking about trying to get your point across, almost hotly debated. Uh, the next verse, it says disgust, but it's much more than that. So they're walking, along, uh, talking with each other about everything that had happened, and they talked and discussed. That's the word. They basically t- talked about those things. So whether it's Ukraine or, or that or whatever it is, you have an opinion, and you're talking with people trying to get to uh, a conclusion. 
As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. I have no idea why Jesus did this, okay? He's just risen from the dead. I don't know why he'd waste his time walking with two people that are just walking down the road talking about him, right? If it were me, I would have showed up at the Pharisees, all resurrected. I would have had a hood over my face. I would have gone into like wherever the rabbis are. Like they're just talking like, yeah, high five. We killed Jesus. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. And then I just, because I'd have long hair and a beard because that's what Jesus had. And I'd just pull my hood back. I'd be like, what's up? (laughs) That's just me, okay? I'm just a man. All right. So Jesus himself decides to talk to these guys. Now, this is going to get really important really fast, okay? They were kept from recognizing him. Now, why would they be kept from recognizing him? If they were disciples, which the Bible says, and they have two hours to walk, and Jesus walks up with them, why would they miss him? Well, probably for the same reason you and I miss him all the time. We're distracted. We want to be right in our story. Or some facts came up, or some things happened that uh, we had some expectations of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. We have expectations of what Christianity should look like. And Jesus walks along with us, and we miss him because something didn't quite work out the way we had planned. So he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? What are you guys talking about? Now, I don't have time to get into it all, but Jesus is a masterful question asker, okay? He asks the best questions, okay? Like he asked when we, with the feeding of the 5,000. They're like, hey, we got to send these people away. And he says, no, you feed them. What do you have? He says, oh, we just have some little fish and bread. He asks those types of questions. He asks the question, who do you say I am? Forget about everybody else. Who do you say I am? So he asks these questions. What are you discussing as we walk along? Now watch their reaction. They stood still, their faces downcast. This is probably the big reason they didn't understand who Jesus was or they didn't recognize him because they are feeling the full weight of what it means to deconstruct their faith. They are feeling the full weight of having expectations about Jesus that were not met. Have you ever felt that way? You ever felt that way where maybe you grew up in church And you loved Sunday school, you loved going to church, everything was good, and you got older, and then you got to be a teenager, and you started, your eyes began to be open, that maybe everybody in church isn't as holy as they say they are. Or maybe they're, some of them are actually mean, and you decide, I'm going to leave the faith, or I'm going to deconstruct my faith. You're not alone. These guys were walking with Jesus for three years. They're not, it's not the 12, part of the 12, the inner circle, but they knew who Jesus was. They knew what it was all about, and they had expectations, and so their face is downcast, and here's one of them. Remember, they're talking to Jesus, okay? One of them named Cleopas asked him, bro, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days, right? Like, 
Are you the only one who didn't watch the Oscars or didn't watch a YouTube clip of it? Like, are you the only one who doesn't understand what's going on? Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And here's Jesus' question. This is so great. This is so great. Because for some of you who've maybe left the faith, or maybe you've been deciding, man, I don't know, I, 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 there's something I, 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 more I need in my life. But I don't know if religion is it. Jesus wants to have a conversation with you. Maybe you've asked questions in the past and you were shut down. Because sometimes Christians don't know the answer to everything. Spoiler alert, right? And, and, and they just shut you down because they were insecure, because they didn't have the answer to your really good question. And so Jesus asked this question, what things? Like, like he does, like he was the one on the cross. But he's just come, like, come on, let's go. Let's have a conversation. Let's dig deep. What were your expectations that weren't met? What, what did you expect was going to happen? What things? Let's them talk for a while. About Jesus of Nazareth. You know, and I can, I don't know. I would, I would start giggling if I were Jesus. He probably didn't, but that's okay. What about, what about Jesus of Nazareth, they said? He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. Before God and all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over. This Greek word is paradidomai. It means to betray, to hand over. All throughout scripture, the goal of scripture is to get you to hand over your life to Jesus. That's the word he's using. Handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And then there's four words that I think, unless you're seven years old, has applied to you in your life. I know it, had applies, it has applied to me in my relationship with God and just how life happens. Four words that really give the insight as to why these people were downcast. Four words to give you insight into what their dreams were, what their hopes were. They say this, but we had hoped. Maybe for you, you left the faith because you had hoped that that was going to save your marriage. You had hoped that, that, that being a part of a, a faith community would be a place of support and you were judged. Maybe you had hoped that um, your life would be like the other lives you see on social media or whatever and you realize that it's not going quite the way you had planned. Like me and that Fernando Valenzuela no-hitter, you might have left too early. You might have left the faith too early. Maybe the Lord wanted you to go through some things, to work out, the Bible says this, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Maybe, maybe he wanted you to see that you can belong to a community where there's spaces for you to doubt. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have your life all buttoned up. You had hoped that there'd be a, a situation, a church family or something that would accept you for who you are, but they didn't. Or maybe you have parents and you found out that the parents you see on Sunday morning were radically different than the ones you saw during the week. You had hoped that it would have made a difference, but it didn't. And so you left. I'm here to just ask you a simple question and to have you explore a little bit. Did you, did you leave too early? 
Did you leave too early? Maybe you went to college. You're doing great. You go to college. You're super happy. And there was a professor. And he started talking about how old the earth is. And you were told in Sunday school, seven-day creation, seven-day creation. And all of a sudden, now there's this tension. And because you don't want to be disingenuous, you go, well, I kind of like this science thing. And so you left. But you left too early. They aren't mutually exclusive. And maybe for you, you uh, were in a relationship, and that relationship revolved around church, and that every time you go to church now, whatever church it is, our church, another church down the street, there's that reminder, that constant reminder that it isn't working out the way you had hoped, and so you left. I think you might have left too early. I think that Jesus is walking along with you right now. And he's saying, what's going on? Where have you been? Maybe COVID got you completely rocked. Maybe you lost someone. Maybe they were in the hospital and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you said, God, if you could just heal this person, I'll follow you. If you could just make sure this doesn't happen, please don't let them die. Don't let this, and they don't make it. And you say, there is no way I can reconcile my deep need my deep, heartfelt prayer, and what looks like a silent God. I get it. But you might have left too early. They were in Jerusalem. All they had to do was stay there. But they were there, and they heard the ladies talking, and they started talking about an empty tomb or whatever, and it's like, oh, just stay in Jerusalem. Jesus even said, stay in Jerusalem, stay in Jerusalem, stay in Jerusalem. And they're like, ah, it's just not working out. And they started to walk away. Jesus met them on that road. They could have just stayed in Jerusalem. They would have seen the risen Jesus. It says in the Bible, 500 people saw him. They could have been one of those 500. But there was just something about their expectations that weren't met. I'm here to tell you, if the church or the Bible or Jesus or whatever has not met your expectations, don't just walk away and say, I've deconstructed my faith, it's over. Jesus is walking with you. He's asking you the question, what things? What did you expect being a follower of me look like? We had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel, that it was going to be a political coup, that, with it, that, that Jesus was going to come in on a horse with a sword. We had a whole bunch of people. At one point, we had 5,000 men ready to go, and Jesus fed them, almost like preparing for battle. And then Jesus just leaves and goes away. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place, so two things could be happening right now. They remembered Jesus saying on multiple occasions, the Son of Man has to suffer and die, and in three days he's going to rise again. Tear down this temple, and in three days it's going to rise again. So as they're discussing this along the road, they probably had people around them prior to that when they were in Jerusalem going, no, 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 wait for three days. And they waited for three days, and then they left too early. They could have just stayed there. And witnessed it right then. And so uh, we had hoped, and it was the third day. The other thing that could be happening here is in that culture, when you passed, they would have you out for three days to make sure you were dead. Okay? And so any way you 
slice it, they knew Jesus was dead and they didn't see him. He did not meet any of their expectations. In addition, they say, some of our women amazed us. Yeah, they didn't say that they thought it was nonsense. Yeah, they changed their story. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see Jesus. And so we decided our faith was probably nonsense. It got deconstructed. If they had just waited a little bit longer, they would have seen Jesus. Now here's what Jesus says. This is so cool. He says to them, how foolish you are, which is what you just say to people who are acting foolish, and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Again, he's trying to get this out of them. He's not just telling them, I'm Jesus, dummies. Hello. If they're deconstructing their faith, what does he want them to do? Reconstruct their faith. And all I'm asking you to do if you have deconstructed your faith is to just consider the possibility that Jesus wants to walk with you and ask you the questions to reconstruct your faith. So here's what he does. This is so cool. I wish I could be there so bad. If you're new here, I'm like a Bible geek. I just love the Bible. I I read it every day. And uh, I would have just loved this conversation. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus talking about the Old Testament, talking about Jesus. That would have been awesome. And I'm like, Luke, you did a careful inquiry. You couldn't give us one thing that he talked about because Jesus could have talked about anything. He could have started in Genesis and he could have said, you know, Uh, the Messiah actually created the whole world. And the way it was supposed to work was there were supposed to be humans who populate the earth and care for it, not consume it, but care for it, right? And then they would be God's people and he would be their God. But then sin entered and now they needed a sacrifice. So he would talk about that. He would talk about the fact that... um, Uh, that Abraham was called by God to raise up a people. He could say, remember that? Remember Abraham? Remember what they asked Abraham to do? To take his son and go up and sacrifice his son? Remember that? And then at the last minute, there was a sacrifice, remember? Could have said that. He could have said, remember when uh, Moses was taking the people out of Egypt and there needed to be the blood of the lamb above the door? A lamb who was slain in which no bone was broken. As Jesus hung on the cross, not one of his bones were broken. Remember that? Remember that the blood saved? He could have said, okay, okay, okay. Remember when they're going through the desert and there's all these snakes because God was kind of upset. Whew, man, I'm so glad he doesn't do that anymore. (laughs) Not a snake fan. 
And he goes, remember when they were biting him? And then they took the pole and they put the serpent, the bronze serpent, and they raised it up. And remember when Jesus said, just like the staff that was raised in the desert, the son of man needed to be raised. I remember that. Maybe he talked about Zechariah 9.9. Hey, you remember the Messiah has to come in on a donkey? Actually, the foal, the colt of a donkey. Remember that? Remember Jesus? Prophets going through. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, you heard about the things he said. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Remember that? I don't know what he said to them. I wish I had known. But it could be anything. All through the Old Testament, it points to Jesus. As a matter of fact, one time Jesus was with the Pharisees. And they're going through all these different scriptures. And Jesus says, man, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But it's these that point to me. And so he tells these guys all all of these things concerning himself. Paul, we're just going to jump into Corinthians real fast, because like I said, I'm kind of a a Bible geek, and I just have to mention this. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They're all fulfilled in Jesus. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And so Jesus spends all this time as they're walking, going through the Old Testament, going, that was about the Messiah. That was about the Messiah. And they would have known all of those scriptures. Don't you remember you need to suffer? As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if going, he were going further. Okay, I don't know why he did that, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to keep going. You know, you ever, you, know, you, ever, you ever do that to your kids? Oh, okay, we're getting in the car right now. You better come home. You're right. I don't know if he did it that way, but uh, maybe I'm the only evil parent. I don't know, but that's what he's doing. So he's, he's pretending like he's going farther. But they urged him strongly, hey, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with him. Again, the risen Jesus all of a sudden has all this time on his hands. Why? Because he cares about the people who left early. He doesn't judge them. He doesn't say, you couldn't stay? What, you, you go to one class in college and now your whole faith is deconstructed? He doesn't do that. He walks along you. What things did you learn? What, what, what things didn't work out for you? He cares about the one who left early. And if that's you, he cares about you. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and began to give it to them. Now, this would have been an amazing remembrance for them because they would have remembered the feeding of the 5,000 because all the disciples were with them, with them there. And they would have remembered that he took the loaf and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to pass it out and, and the people freaked out. It never ran out of bread, never ran out of fish. He could be talking about the feeding of the 4,000 where he did the same thing. They could have remembered the, the, the uh, Last Supper. The, the 11 who were left could have told them, oh yeah, and then we had the Passover meal and he broke the bread and he gave thanks and he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. I don't know what it was, but something about that. that he might have taken the bread and broke it and when he put his hands out, like my jacket is coming up, they could have seen his nail-scarred hands, and gone. Oh, my goodness. And their eyes were opened 
and they recognize him as he disappeared from their sight. Typical Jesus. It's okay, I'm done now. I'm going to go. We're going to see him pop up some other place, sneaky Jesus. He's, out, he's just like j- jamming around. Now, this is a really fascinating next, next verse. Because this next verse strips away all those other things, all the deconstruction, all the things, oh, I love science, or if I become a Christian, I have to vote a certain way. <laughs> you know, I don't have to join that political party or this political party. No, you do not. Living Spring, we're split down the middle, okay? We all get along. It's possible, believe it or not, right? They ask each other this. Were not our hearts burning within us? Wasn't there something going on Something we were missing. Like, as he was talking to us, and, and sometimes Christians, or maybe you're, you're, you're new to Jesus or new to the Bible, and you're just like, man, there's something about this that just really is drawing me to this, but I can't explain it. He doesn't require you to explain it. He doesn't require you to defend it. As you begin to analyze your life and see the systems that you have set up and how they're not working, you thought, maybe if I just can get away from religion and do my own thing, then I won't feel guilty and everything will work out and your life is not working out. And there's something about Jesus. You have the same thing. We're not our hearts burning within us. Jesus would say, just because you left early doesn't mean you can't come back to Jerusalem. You don't have to have it all figured out to come back. You don't have to have it all figured out to make that initial step to go, you know what, Lord, I don't have all the answers, but I do know that what I'm doing now isn't working for me. Would you forgive me? And we could start over. Maybe for you, COVID was just a you were just, you thought you were going to watch online and stay connected and just life just took over and you're just like, yeah, I don't know what happened to my faith. He walks with you during that whole time. And he says, you can come back. It's not too late. So they got up and they returned back to Jerusalem. At night, seven miles, they found the 11 because Judas had kind of hung himself. So they assembled together. And so the 11 were saying, it's true. The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened to them on their way. Yeah, we left early. We're really sorry. Can we come back? And they're like, no problem. Jesus is risen, right? The two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Now watch, here's sneaky Jesus. Watch this. I had to put this in there. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. <laughs> like, ta-da. Like, not that I would do. Like, scare people. I would do that. <laughs> Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, what he says to you. However your expectations weren't met before, however your life was gone before, whether you left Jerusalem or you stayed or you didn't believe, peace be with you. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit that we'll be talking about in a couple weeks. So here's what I want to do as the worship band comes back up. Hebrews says this, in the past God spoke through our ancestors 
through the prophets and many times in various ways. So he's talking about a lot of what Jesus talked about to them about on the road. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. If you want to know what God is like, just look to Jesus. That's who God is. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the, of, of the majesty in heaven. Romans eight eleven says it this way. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also, regardless of your past, regardless of your doubts, regardless of how long your journey's taking, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. What we're going to do is just I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity for those of you who may be left and are like, I really want to come back. Jesus was walking with you the whole time. Maybe for some of you, you've never really thought about, what about my soul? Like, I watch the news, I got inflation, I got this, I got Ukraine, I got all these different things, I got the Oscars, uh, all that stuff. But there's something in you going I'm missing this connection with God. It's so easy to begin this journey or to go back to where you were before, to reconstruct your faith. And we just start with an idea of faith. We start with an idea of humility, of submission. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and you can pray this. Uh, I hope everybody prays it, but if not, that's okay. I've been a Christian for a very, very long time. I've probably prayed this uh, about 20, 30, 40 times. It's the same. It's a daily prayer. And you can just pray this. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for providing a way for me to spend eternity with you. Jesus, I want eternity to start now. I want to make you Lord of my life. Forgive me of my past and help me to follow you from this day forward. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe it was the fifth time or whatever and you just said, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to come back to Jerusalem. It might be a seven-mile journey. I might not have all the answers, but I want to come back. On your connection card, you just check the box. I gave my life to Christ today. You can email me personally, john at livingspring.com, and just say, hey, John, I got some questions. I, I want to talk with somebody. I'd be happy to talk with you. If you have the app, you can fill out the app and just click connect and just click on that box and say, yeah, I... I I want to come back, or I made a first-time decision. We want to make sure you don't miss this wonderful journey with Jesus that starts with the power of the resurrection.
We're going to end with one song, and then I'll come back up and give us a blessing. But uh, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you don't give up on us. Thank you that even when we leave early, you walk along with us. You ask us questions. You want to see us live in newness of life as new creatures. So, Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his strength, in his peace, and in his love. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.